with breaking news and political commentary from a public servant, serial entrepreneur, community leader, philanthropist, and American patriot, and a darn nice guy. It's time for the Grassroots Truthcast and your host, Gene Valentino. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. I'm here with Corinne Clark, owner and founder of freepressfail.com. Check it out. Very interesting site. The focus of today's conversation uh, is going to be on a few different topics Corinne and I choose to get into, but um, the focus is the responsibility, better said the irresponsibility of the press as we know it today. Corinne's been on Newsmax, Fox News, talked with Tucker Carlson on some of these points that have finally reached most of the citizenry in this nation. And it's the silent majority that's uprising, the grassroots, good name (laughs) for our show, because it's the grassroots folks at several levels that have decided to step up and make a difference in helping you understand the truth of our democracy, our, 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 our governance, our, our social mores, our way of life. Corinne, thank you for joining me today in this discussion. Thank you so much for having me. I am stunned with how much has happened just in the last year, putting aside our personal positions, which seem to be pretty much aligned politically and socially. I'm also aware that, you know, this whole technology world we're in, uh, chat GBT, uh, open AI, and a lot of the technologies are are just exploding around us. And, and basically because of bad behavior, we've seen uh, the uh, advent of uh, uh, social media platforms and sites like yours and mine coming out to sustain this conservative point of view that we that we're very concerned about making sure doesn't get lost in a socialistic Marxist oppressive overtake of our democracy. Jump in, tell me what you think of that comment. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're completely correct. They are their worst enemy. And that is the only benefit of the fake news and the actually the tech giants that are so dedicated to censorship is their censorship and their unaccountable reporting and their blatant lies have contributed to a growing distrust in the media. And overall, I think that's probably a healthy thing. I know it's a little bit sad. And once you you crack that egg, you can't really uncrack it. <laughs> you, start, you, know. you start doubting every single thing that you read and every single thing you see. But I think overall, that is a good thing. And we have to realize there are a lot of bad actors here who want the American people to believe things that are not true. And I think we saw that coming up. You know, we don't, it's probably been happening forever, but we saw it so blatantly in 2016 against the Trump campaign. And then even more so with COVID in 2020, just this overwhelming fake news, overwhelming lies and the censorship and oppression and this guilt trip of the American public to try to get you to humiliate yourself, honestly, and accept a lie as truth. When you know, you know, don't believe your own eyes, you should repeat our narrative. I think it woke a lot of people up how how just ridiculously blatant they were in in pushing their narrative. And I think that is good. And we're seeing a lot of people rise up now. I have a lot of questions for you that circle right around that. I can't believe the level of audacity. The most recent one is Congressman Goldman, who's in the Congress. I think it was a House Oversight Committee under James Comer. And he's talking about the Hunter laptop. It was manipulated by Rudy Giuliani, as if he knew what to do with the laptop. And and things like that that are just pushed out there, not only by the media, but the license that the, some of our political elected officials have done in concert with the media to deliver a false narrative out there to everybody. Your comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's disheartening to see our elected officials do it, but I think... An even bigger problem is that we're seeing our unelected officials, this this growing apparatus in our intelligence community and our defense department that work with those elected officials to promote a lie, to give credibility to the lie. And there's no oversight, really, of those people. We don't elect them. We don't know their names. We don't know who they are. But they are standing up to say, you know, like, oh, that that complete 
nonsense. That's true. You know, Hunter Biden's laptop isn't real. And the media runs with it to say experts say, you know, we've talked to the experts and they say this lie is true. And I think that is even more concerning than seeing some idiot from a random congressional district make up a lie to promote his own party. You mean you mean the deep state terminology? I, I, I had a second bill of rights listed on GeneValentino.com, folks. I, I the first bill of rights, as you know, is the first ten amendments to the Constitution. My second suggested bill of rights, Corrine, is is the uh, eleven more amendments to the Constitution, and one of them has to do with the legitimacy of the voting process the legitimacy of how you become an elected official, the legitimacy protecting our borders, a balanced budget, locking down one election day per year, make it a national holiday and stop this two, three month in advance voting Dropbox BS that's going on around the nation now. And every single time I've heard you talk, you've uh, you've spoken consistently on these issues I think you represent the silent majority, if I can compliment you. And I think you uh, espouse many of the precepts that a lot of people have out there that are afraid to admit it because those bureaucrats who are under the elected official you just mentioned are three, six, ten layers down in the organizational chart of government. Those people need term limits too. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think... The media has covered for them for so long and promoted this idea that they are so much better than the American people, that those people in the intelligence community, they just know so much and they're so smart and they just know a lot better than you about what to do with your own life and your money. And and we've seen them fail time and time again. Every failure of American policy can be blamed on these elected officials and these unelected officials and very few on the American people no. who pretty good choices in their own personal lives. But I I think you're right. There needs to be some kind of accountability in these, def- these defense contractors, the defense uh, community in general. And the executive branch has just grown way, way, way too large, way large. And it was never supposed to be like that. The executive branch is now running every single, every single thing in our lives. And that is not constitutional at all, that Congress has completely made themselves inept because of it. I see so many congressmen who talk about wanting to really deliver back to their constituents, but something magical happens. They get elected, they go through those swinging doors of Congress, and they get down on that floor, and it's like they've gone into a time warp and have forgotten the person that hired them. It's as if they now become hostage or held hostage to bureaucrats, to lobbyists. How many lobbyists do you know are controlling even some of the writing of the language that comes to the floors of Congress? Why? Because they are the ones that put up the money to get that congressman or woman in place, that senator in place in the first place. And as a consequence... We, the people, are less in control, are less heard, excuse me. Less in control is a relative term. There, we're being less heard by those very congressmen and women that we put in there to, to, to represent us. Your comment. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to circle back to your other point, I think a lot of American people of us are just so fed up with that happening because it is... Been has been consistently happening for at least 50 years of just completely ignored and this the government keeps growing. Our power is lessened. But the media has contributed to that because they create this echo chamber where you start to feel like, well, if I'm questioning that, does that mean, you know, my neighbor's going to hate me if I say something or I'm going to lose my job if I say something about that or you know, just the social pressure that they've created by making this echo chamber of you have to espouse these certain values or you're a bad person and we will destroy your life over it. So it just contributes. It all feeds into each other. The media promotes these lobbyists. These lobbyists promote these members of Congress. And then we end up with this huge mess that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. 
We're talking with Corinne Clark. She has a wonderful website. I encourage all of you to visit www.freepressfail.com. Very interesting. I guess you can guess because she's my guest today and that we are of similar mind and uh, have a conservative bent on how we look at it. But, you know, conservatism can't be that bad, Corinne. I remember just a few blink ago, it was an earlier chapter, there was this guy named Donald Trump, and he was someone that we worked hard to, to support. And I'm trying to figure out why the other Republicans running against him don't step back because of their failing poll numbers and get lot, get the strength building behind this guy so he can take on whoever the Democrats choose to surface with. What do you think? Well, I think Donald Trump revealed a, a major problem in our party, and that is that there are a lot of Republicans who are not conservatives, and there are a lot of Republicans who have an interest in growing government. And I think a lot of us woke up to that in 2016. I was a reluctant Trump supporter. I will admit it's embarrassing now. I did not know if I could trust that guy. And I voted for him in 2016 reluctantly, hoping, you know, at least he's better than Hillary Clinton. And then I saw the party that I have supported since I've been allowed to vote every time, you know, I don't know any 18 year olds who are really excited to vote for John McCain, but I did it. <laughs> I did it for our party. And I was told that we rally behind our nominee. And then I saw how the Republican party just turned on Trump who the people absolutely supported. And that just grew and grew. And you just realize there is, we are fighting a uniparty in DC. There are a lot of Republicans who, who think the same things as Democrats. And they think that they are not our representatives, but our leaders, that they are supposed to control us. And Donald Trump doesn't think that. He woke up to that. And a lot of people see now, okay, it's not really Republican versus Democrat. A lot of times it's us versus them. It's real people versus this establishment elite in Washington. And I can say I voted so proudly for Donald Trump. I could not have in 2020, I could not have slammed that ballot. Yeah. You know, I just can't get over how he has actually become the leader of the Republican Party. And I have a concern with the head of the Republican REC, Ronan McDaniel. And, I, you know, with all the money coming out of all the contributors in the Republican Party, you would think there would be a more formidable force behind him to protect this guy. You know, there's an old saying, failure to defend the rights of other people may someday result in your rights not being defended. I believe that with with Trump, you know, you don't have to like the guy. I I don't know if you know this, but I used to be a, a county commissioner here in Escambia County, Florida. I served two terms, eight years. And when I was running for reelection, I said to many, I said, you know, I, I can be harsh. This is a difficult job. I'm trying to get something done for you. So you don't have to like me. But you do have to appreciate that we really got some stuff done. And we did, by the way, all kinds of interesting infrastructure improvements, funding requests, allocations, economic development. We really went far in trying to improve the community. And I don't understand why people don't see that. We interviewed Peter Del Rosso with ICE the other day. It's going to be a posted one-hour show coming up. He had some interesting insight on Tom Homan, and he talked about Donald Trump. He said, you know, when I was up in Jersey, Donald Trump gave up part of his golf course just so that we could have some additional firing practice area for our for our firearms training. Uh, Donald Trump never got any notoriety for that. He didn't get it, put it out there as a political commentary or brag about it. He, if if anything, Donald Trump, maybe like you, will definitely like me. When when someone takes a swipe at you, don't get mad if I decide to swipe back in return. Why does everybody get uh, upset with his harsh words now, when 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 many lit the match in the gas tank for him to start his response in the first place? What do you think? Absolutely. Well, I actually think that the the people who dislike Trump's temperament 
that's completely exaggerated. And we see that in the in the numbers, Trump has more support than any other Republican nominee in history. He got more votes than any other Republican ever. So I I think that the media has coached us and we we elevate certain voices who are like, ah, the mean tweets are too much for me. But in reality, I think you're right. People are more like you and me and they they have maybe had some harsh words of their own in business and in life. And when he strikes back a little, it reminds us like, oh yeah, that's why we like him because he doesn't back down. He's more like a real person and less like, you know, an AI politician, not less like a Mitt Romney who would have bowed down immediately. We want someone who's a little more like us. Well, there are those rhinos within the Republican Party that need a good spanking, but we definitely, in my opinion, are about to see the major fall of the Democrat Party as we know it for them to think that they've got Gavin Newsom trying to take on Ron DeSantis, my governor here in Florida. And if that's the best they've got, boy, oh boy. And here we are discussing our bench. We got a deep bench, don't we? I mean, there's currently, as of today, December 4th, Doug Bergram just bowed out of the race or suspended his race. I think we're down to legitimately two or three other candidates other than Trump. And I can't, I can't, uh, I'm proud of the fact that the part, the democratic system's working so that we have a deep bench for us to look at and consider. But the Dems, what do they have? Why have they denied Robert F. Kennedy Jr. from having a formidable presence on the Democratic uh, ticket? Comment? Yeah, I think, you know, politics is always just like history. It it works in patterns. I feel like the Democrats are going through a very similar path that Republicans faced in 2008 and 2012, where they are listening more to the Washington elitists in their party than they are to the grassroots. The difference is Democrats are very tricky with their ballot counting and their participation in elections and their giant donor fundraising. And they're a little more sophisticated in in making sure their guy wins anyway, regardless of whether or not they have support. I don't think there are many Democrats who like Joe Biden. They rejected him repeatedly over 30 years of him running for president. And suddenly he won the most votes in history. Yeah, I mean, but they fall in line, Corinne, with it's like it's like the Stockholm syndrome. It's like they're beaten or pulverized into just believing something. Some of them, including this Congressman Goldman I mentioned earlier, think that uh, Joe Biden's a, a true historic su- success as president. I mean, for them to be making such radically stupid comments amidst uh, inflation, economic losses, the the loss of power uh, in our country and overseas, the in, the uh, influx of um, illegal migrants at the border, uh, China's presence in our backyard with the owning of property and land next to military bases, I could go on. It's, it's just obscene that they think this guy in the last two and a half, three years has been one of the historic best presidents of the United States. Yeah. You know, I went to grad school for national security and I specialized specifically in foreign propaganda. And I forget now it's been too many years. I forget the author who wrote this, but he talked a lot about how Russian disinformation that they would force on their own people. It was less about making the people believe it was true and more about exerting authority, the humiliation factor of forcing someone to regurgitate information that they know is not true because that leads to control. It's internal humiliation. And I feel like that whenever I see these guys say like, this economy is the greatest we've seen in decades. It's like, has any, we bought milk. We do know how inflation is affecting us, but there's this humiliation factor. They want us to say, say it's true. We told you it's, it's good. Say it's good. And that, is the the expression of authority for you to actually give up what you know is true in favor of re- regurgitating a lie. Uh, it's the most powerful tool in their toolbox and they love doing it. And whenever I see those members just lie blatantly like that and the media lie, I just think about that all the time. This Karina. is not about making you believe it's true. It's about making you like turn your back on yourself on what you know is true. 
is this was this a motivation for you forming your your website freepressfail.com it's definitely it definitely contributed to the passion behind it i think our the way that the media is intertwined in our political system it's just unlike anything that we've ever really been able to study because media is so much bigger than it ever was before and having those alternative voices is really important when you see that huge fourth branch of government exerting all this authority over the people. And this is first time in history. I remember the the New York Post coming out with a front page story about 51 different people signing <clears throat> off on a document claiming there was, in fact, Russian collusion. And James Clapper and Jim Jim Comb James Clapper and John Brennan, NIS and CIA at the time were were two of the fifty one signatories claiming there was Russian collusion, only to find out as it's been leaked out since that there wasn't any Russian collusion. It was prefabricated through the funds dropping in through Hillary Clinton's uh, foundation that was being used to uh, to attack Trump on so many levels. This concerns me, is that there's a perpetration of a deep state agenda, not only to go after Donald Trump, but to take down the spirit of our democracy, our constitutional republic as you and I know it. What's your take? Uh, you, got a, you got a preference for Donald Trump's, Trump's choice for vice president? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't. And for the first time in history, I just really feel like it's so important to have him on the top of the ticket. And I'm not very concerned about the vice president because casting a vote for Donald Trump right now is the biggest expression of taking back it, our America. A, yeah, it's it's the only way that we can tell them we're not playing this game. Yeah. You don't get to choose who we put in power. And to me, that top of the ticket matters more than it ever has before. But I would I like to see another fighter like Trump. And I don't want to like, ideally, we don't bow to the establishment. The ones who stabbed us in the back before we're done with that. We're we're just going with Trump. I wish he could run by himself. Yes, I know. But, you know, just well, he's only got four more years, as DeSantis would say. Hey, Ron DeSantis, who I know good governor here in Florida, not saying a bad thing about him here, but boy, I wish he and Trump would find a way of working out some alliance. Uh, the, I, that's me talking, right? But if you had it your way, you know, Christy Nome, South Dakota governor might not be a bad VP. Yeah, I think there are some options there. I think- You like Vivek I Ramaswamy? I, you know what, I don't know enough about him. It's hard for me as a big policy person. It's just hard when they we don't have a lot of experience and we got so lucky with Trump that he ended up being so great with it. But I don't know well, if that's that true. lightning strikes twice, you know, but it might. Yeah. So I, I'm willing to give him a shot, but I also would love someone that's a little outside of the box, like a, a Tucker Carlson, you know, Carrie Lake, someone who is just going to stick it to the media and remind the American people that the government works for them and not the other way around. Well, I totally agree with you there. In fact, one of my 11 amendments to the second Gene's second bill of rights I mentioned a minute ago talks about uh, the rescission of New York Times versus Sullivan, where the press has free license to just butcher you to death. And your only lawsuit against the media is to claim that they did it with malice, which is impossible to prove. So they basically have free license to get away with it. On the other side of the pendulum is the social media platforms, YouTube and the rest of them, that you and Facebook, and I, I don't want to, I mean, all of them, that have a, a unilateral authority to censor you over things that are far from slanderous and, and defaming. Your ability to talk openly about the proof of the concerns with the vaccine may put you in Facebook or YouTube jail. And right? I mean, you must have experienced yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know a conservative who didn't face that in 2020, especially. I know all of my stuff my website, my YouTube, Instagram, they're all demonetized in 2020. And I think that's happened to basically anyone and not for any accusation, just discussing the facts of what we know, just even the stats that were, were released by the government agencies themselves. 
they were like, but we didn't want to promote that. So you need to be quiet. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And this is where I think an amendment to the Constitution is necessary to say that um, there has to be a legitimate basis for you, the citizen, to seek a claim against government on one side or the press on the other side to defend your right against slander or, or liable, any form of defamation. I mean, after all, Dominion Software did it against Sidney Powell and and Tucker Carlson. And it was one of the reasons Tucker left Fox was the 750 something million dollar lawsuit that was adjudicated against Fox because of uh, what T Tucker reported. By the way, I'm not saying Tucker was wrong. I think he was right in what he reported on that issue. But for the uh, the uh, but the pendulum has to swing both ways. If you're going to hold that a standard to a Tucker Carlson's interview, then it's got to go against the wrong expressions, the mis the the falsehoods, yeah. the the false media, the false truths about anything that's coming out on anybody from anybody else against you or me in this internet 21st century platform of, of communication. I remember the older days. Well, I think I'm a little older than you. I will. I know I am. <laughs> and they, they there's there's no question you had three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was your go-to, right? It was one was more liberal, one was more conservative, but that was it. Internet, social media, what are you talking about, right? Now, just 10 years later, it's a primary platform for you and I to get the word out. And uh, kudos to you for getting the word out. You've got a very good following on uh, Twitter, X. And uh, I, I think that, and by the way, I just followed you on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> and, followed you right back. Oh, good. Thank you. And But that's what's happening. Everyone's forming these own, their own networks of, of collectives, I'll call them, collectives of interest. And I've had some people on mine, I don't know about yours, but I've had some people on mine that have spoken up, Corinne, that they don't like what I'm saying. I'm not going to diss them. I'm not shutting them off. I'm not going to take them off. I, I If they have, as long as they're decent and not being vulgar, they're welcome to have a, a spot on my website. And even though I disagree with them, and I think more of that has to come forward so that expression can come out in a responsible way. I, I also think, I also think they ought to use their real names and their their and and not hide behind some sort of pseudonym. So yeah, I, I it's a hard one though, because sometimes even the people who are are not being crude and are just expressing their opinions like every American should, they fear the backlash of of the cancel culture. And I understand sometimes why they might want to hide behind a pseudonym or something because of the way the left comes out so hard to destroy someone's life when someone just expresses an opinion that might be a little different than theirs. I think where that's do you think it, where do you think it's all coming from? I think it's a very coordinated effort from the people in our government and the people in our media and the elites in society. And man, they are effective at working together. But it's hard about, now, like you say, we want a constitutional amendment to protect people, but who's going to enforce that? Except all of the people who have worked so hard to destroy American principles. And well, I think that's... the only way we stand up really is platforms like yours and like mine and people really having these discussions regardless and maybe not no longer fearing the backlash, just expressing it anyway. It's the only way to take their power away. But if we continue to allow them to exploit our system, our judicial system and our um, the exertion of executive authority in general, they don't even need the judicial system anymore. They just ruin your life through executive regulation. Uh that's that's what they'll keep doing. We have to keep calling them out or they're going to keep doing it. I remember it was not too long ago. It was Chuck Schumer who made a statement in front of the Capitol. Gorsuch, we're coming after you. I, I, I think that's the Supreme Court justice he was referring to. But for a United States senator, a Democrat liberal to come up and use a public platform to threaten a Supreme Court justice not talk about the merits of his decision, but to threaten him as if he he needs to be taken down. There must be some consequence 
in our system that punishes even the 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 elected officials for such wrongdoing. And I proposed as one of my amendments a a supreme magistrate system. I'm not. I w- I'm a guy who wants less government, not more government. Let me just say that. But we need a system. Not for you and I to wait to the next, oh, I'm going to get rid of Biden. We'll wait. We'll we'll get him out in the next election. Wrong. That's too much time has gone by. Too much got screwed up. We need a system in place somehow that gets the guy out sooner if, if there's allegations or evidence of wrongdoing. And we should be able to do it through what I would call the impeachment process is one for the president. But the magistrate, the supreme magistrate system I'm talking about, ought to be an amendment, not a fourth leg of government. In fact, it should be under the judicial, the judiciary. But there should be a mechanism by which you and I can go to and say, hey, look, did you see this wrongdoing? These people need to get out and be punished. You're like a cop, you Supreme Magistrates. Decide if you're taking them and giving them a penalty for two weeks, two months, or a year, a fine, jail, or an impeachment out of office altogether. And I'm not limiting that to just the elected people, Corinne. I'm talking about those bureaucrats that go unnamed, those faceless bureaucrats who've been working behind those elected people some 20, 30, 40 years. They're the ones who've caused most of this problem. Absolutely. And I I mean, ideally, that would be great. But I think what we have to do first and foremost is secure our elections to make sure we have election reform that requires you know, all of the votes are counted and none of the fake votes are counted and ID checks. And we actually are ensuring that our elections are fair because what we have seen is we do have all of these outlets too. We have inspectors general. They should be checking out on those executive branch employees that are working towards the destruction of America. And then we're finding out later, like the the inspector general at the IRS said, hey, the IRS is doing some wrong stuff. They're not pursuing these charges against Hunter Biden when I think that they would if he was anyone else. And they fired him. So the process is there to eliminate the bad eggs but there are so many other bad actors that they just topple that system that is meant to provide accountability to the people. Yeah. And we're seeing the same thing in Congress with our committees just expelling George Santos based on an ethics report, not a criminal investigation. The court has not found him guilty of any crime. But Good they observation. see the opportunity to exploit the system that is set up there. They release one thing. They set up a vote. Republicans are completely complicit and actually hold the vote and expel a democratically elected congressman who all, by the way, already said he wasn't going to run, which is the biggest check on elected officials. He, yeah. he was re-election in next, you know, 2024. He would not have been back in Congress, but they thought it was their duty to expel him because they don't like him and because Republicans have a very slim majority and taking away one vote has a major impact. You know, and you brought up system you, let that happen. Yeah, you brought up the inspector general process. I didn't I didn't mean to overlook that or make light of it. That you are correct. My only concern with it is that the the appointed positions end up being appointed by whom? The the yeah. person elected and your inspector general people, including the attorney general and everything down from there, end up following a pattern of protect my boss and i'm concerned about the independence and the objectivity in making sure those inspector generals come after the bad boys and girls that are doing wrong and i i just throw it out there as an alternative as a something to complement the inspector general system but your point's well received i was listening to a byron donald's congressman from south florida recently on the national news and he talked about hey the guy may have done something wrong. He may be found guilty, but he ha- but he hasn't the the judicial process hasn't worked yet. Time out. Then why did they do anything and bring Donald Trump to impeachment hearings when there was no evidence or, pr- or vetting that went on in advance? Like our House of Representatives and our judiciary uh, 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 is doing now. There's we're we're going through a deliberative process now to see if Biden should be impeached. 
They certainly didn't do that on Trump, did they? Absolutely not. And I, I think that is one of the things like we were talking about earlier, there's a certain amount of complicity within the Republican Party that has contributed to this growing problem in Washington where they're silencing the people. They absolutely tried to impeach Trump several times in direct conflict with democracy, but they didn't care because their ultimate goal is their own power. Republicans helped them do it. And now for some reason, they don't see that the big threat, those same power hungry elites, they don't they don't see an issue with them continuing to to lead. It would somehow disrupt dis- democracy to take them down, but it didn't d- disrupt democracy to take Trump down. And there's a lot of hypocrisy there. And you just have to see common goals between certain people in Congress, regardless of what letter is by their name. You came, you mentioned a name earlier, Tucker Carlson. I look at him as a good number two also, but I also look at him as being able to do what it is you're talking about. And that's to maybe fortify the Republican party, get rid of some bad behavior, clean it up a bit and help the president get rid of the bad actors. If Trump made a mistake, and I don't think he's made many, but if he made a mistake, he did what the other presidents preceding him didn't do. He kept many of the staff appointees on and in place. Carter, Bush, Clinton, Obama, they fired everybody and they brought in a whole new team. Trump didn't. Trump, as a courtesy, kept some of those people in there. He, I think if he comes back, and I pray he does, I think these people better be looking for a job because I don't think he'd make that mistake twice. Your comment. I certainly hope not. It really has to be cleared out. So many of our agencies need to be completely wiped out, if not entirely Elim- abolished. Uh, yes, I agree. And and I do think it was a huge wake-up call. Like I said, I, 2016 was, was an introduction and 2020 was proof. that it is an us versus them system. And there are too many people that are working against us in Washington and they need to go. They need to get out of those positions, their security clearances, their pensions, everything that we pay for so that they can continue this nonsense. It has to stop. And I, I really hope that if Trump gets in there again, if they let him, if somehow he overcomes the system that is entirely set up to destroy him, If he can get in there, he has to burn it down. And I will be cheering him on if he does. And I'll be right at your side, anxious to do it with you. And I hope I get on the short list to help you do that. Folks, we're talking with Corinne Clark. She's the owner and founder of Free Press Fail. Check it out, freepressfail.com. We're going to take a break at this moment. And when we come back, we'll probably go an extra 10 minutes just to wrap up Uh, some key thoughts we have going into 2024. We'll be back right after this. Okay, here's the second uh, episode. David, we'll go probably eight to 15 minutes more coming at you. Three, two. Hi, friends. Welcome back. I'm here with another episode of the Grassroots Truth Cast. My guest this this week is uh, Corinne Clark, owner of freepressfail.com. And we're having a great conversation on the conservative conversation. I'll take that back. A practical conversation on where America has been and where it is right, right now. That's what we spent the first 30 minutes talking about. Corinne and I are going to talk now about where we're going. We know where we've come from. We know the issues that frustrate all of us. But where are we going? Corinne, where are we going in 2024? Well, I think we have a a major crossroad here because I think electing Donald Trump in 2024 is a huge message to this growing deep state, this intelligence apparatus that has been working against us and a growing executive branch. It's our chance to really say, you know, this game is over. We're not playing playing this way anymore and, and make our voices heard. But we are facing a huge uphill battle because the government has has made itself clear that they will work against the people. They will work against Donald Trump, against parents, against voters. And, you know, they might not let us make our make our voices heard. And that's the first time in American history where I really feel like 
this is our last chance. And I feel it's the last chance, not only because of of the loss of such a great leader like Donald Trump, if he doesn't make it, but I'm more concerned about the pervasive elements of a deep state that have poisoned many legs of our government, the overreach of political uh, oversight, administrative oversight, bureaucratic oversight that uh, has uh, raised um, the ire of many of us. I mean, here we are just a few weeks ago watching the Democrats push forward 85,000 more IRS agents. I wonder why you need 85,000 more IRS agents. Hey, how about 85,000 more ICE and DHS security folks down at the southern border? What say you? Yeah, that would that would be a good start. But of course, that contributes. If we secured our border, we're not contributing to the destruction of our own nation. And they, they've they made it clear that is their goal. They want to infiltrate this country with a lot of people who do not believe in American values. It's completely disruptive to our economy, which puts more people out of work, which has its own long list of cultural issues and societal issues that that causes. And our government has no interest in in solving problems. They just want to create more. And then they step in and pretend to solve those problems by making the government bigger and just yeah. fuse them. But they what I don't understand, up. what I don't understand, Corinne, is why is it that so many just seem to accept that? You know, I, I've come from a, a principle that says that before I point the finger at you, I'm reminded there's three or four fingers pointing back at me. And I better do an inventory on myself uh, first, my, uh, my own status of things before I start accusing you of anything. I'm concerned about government and the pervasive level of bureaucrats trying to control your life, the way you think and the way you breathe. I mean, it was clear when we saw Gavin Newsom debating Ron DeSantis recently. He's talking about social imposition while people are defecating up and down the streets of his own city, of his of the major cities of his state. And 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 he's totally agnostic to it's as if that's OK and he can overlook it. It's be, but the elitists, the climate change folks you know, that's what we should be worrying about, not our southern border where our governance is being compromised. Yeah, I think that these people are so spoiled, they don't ever have to live with the consequences of the policies that they impose on us. You know, it's hard to see the poop on the streets when you're in your private jet. So it doesn't affect yeah. him. And he can continue to lie about it because he will never have to walk those streets and he will never have to get a real job. And he'll and he has enough money that he doesn't care if he has to pay ten dollars for milk. It doesn't bother him. They're living in a completely different world than the American people. And that is a major problem. OK, that's more on the election. What what would you like to see happen in 2024? I would love for everyone I know, everyone who is so frustrated with the system, I would love for us to all turn out like I know there's a problem. When we see the system rising against us, a lot of people are like, what is the point of even participating anymore? They just want to squash us. And they do. I think that's a valid assessment of the current situation. But I want not just conservative, just American, the American people who are tired of a government that steps on the people. I want us to turn out in such large numbers that they could not possibly steal an election from us. And I believe that is exactly what's going to happen. Now, now we haven't solved the ballot process problem. We haven't addressed a, a unified election parity between all the states of the nation. We, you know, we've the Constitution allowed for the states to manage the election process, but have we? Is there not a place in this nation for us to create a commonality? that goes across all 50 states so that the election process is uniform. I mean, 22 or three months in advance of elections to be able to be putting in ballots at remote deposit boxes that are being stuffed by pranksters and people perpetrating a fraud against the, the, the election process. All of this ballot harvesting stuff that's going on, it, it, it's as if it, it's okay. What do you, what's your comment on that? 
Well, I think you're highlighting the importance of the local executive. The state executive is just as important as our vote for president. And it's because of that requirement for election reform on a state level. Unfortunately, I, I kind of think our federal government is so inundated with people who want to destroy this country that we're never going to get a great bill for federal election reform. That's my concern. Something, yeah. something like the Democrats always put forward, which is like, oh, nobody's allowed to have voter ID. <laughs> yeah, and but if you don't put a put a bill together for election reform nationally, aren't you just exacerbating the problem at the state by state level? I think that it would only get Personally, this is just an opinion, but I think it would only get worse because at least we have states like Florida and Texas and Georgia who made a an effort to really lock down their elections. There was huge election reform bills in all of those states after 2020, and that is major progress. But if you have a federal bill that's completely weak, it wipes out the progress made by those states. I'd rather have three strong states than zero strong states. Well, that's true. But then then I would just ask the remaining 46, 47, 48 states in the nation, look at what Florida did. By 10, 11 o'clock at night, we had a, a certified completed tally on our vote for the entire state of Florida. What's Absolutely. going on here with election counting two or three months after the after the election? Look at everything Carrie Lake's been going through. It, you cannot you can only assume something's up when it's got to be carried out this this long behind closed doors. Absolutely. And I, I'm a Nevadan myself, born in Nevada and lived there for a long time. And we had a terrible election last cycle where they completely lost chain of custody of ballots in the two biggest counties, the commissioners went missing for a period of time, and they certified the election as if nothing happened. I think there's a major problem with that. And we did end up with a Republican governor. So I think that people thought, okay, we can look past this one, but they stole a Senate seat from us for for sure. And the cameras went off, the commissioners were missing, the chain of custody wasn't there. And people are saying, yeah, that seems seems fine. That just happens. When does that happen? In any other circumstance that would not be allowed. And I think those kinds of things need to be addressed to the okay, fullest. Okay, so for so for 2024, you and I agree that we better ask the citizens to step up and uh, and carefully observe the election process in all 50 states, and that they stick their nose into it big time and make sure that the that the veracity of the election process has not been compromised. I would also suggest that we work together on a consolidated time frame of when is a, a vote allowed to be uh, posted and processed. I I know there's absentee ballots primarily for and initially for our uh, uh, armed services folks and our government officials overseas. They certainly have a right to vote no matter where they're stationed in the world. But I think it got out of hand. I think it's gotten out of hand when you've got seven to 12 ballots ending up in one guy's mailbox and they come in there and take them out of the box or someone at the home is loading up the vote a certain way. And we only hear about it because some of the people getting these ballots are honest enough to tell us about it. So if we, what, whatever it is we know, can we assume that it's a bit worse? What is it we don't know is what I'm asking. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a lot we don't know. And the only thing that we can do to combat that is have some kind of process for knowing it, something like what Florida did. You shouldn't be able to have an absentee ballot for just no reason. They shouldn't be able to send these ballots to people's homes that, you know, people don't, they don't live there anymore. They don't. They've passed away. They didn't clear the voter rolls, but they know that they've allowed the system to be so corrupted. And I think that that's a huge problem. We have to have those reform bills. And I think that every citizen should be demanding those of their executives because there are Republican governors who have not passed that. That's correct. 2024. What's on your agenda? What are you going to be working on? Well, hopefully any day now I'll be having my first baby. So that's the biggest project on my list. But I congratulations. Thank you so much. Little girl waiting for her. She's already a week overdue. So we're (laughs) any day, but I will be continuing my work at freepressfail.com to highlight some of the failures that we've discussed today about how the media is just in collusion with the government to try to silence the American people. So we will 
be doing a lot of that work. And that's important, but we will also be very funny about it. And we'll have a lot of funny articles to get us through these tough times. You mentioned, I saw your interview with Tucker Carlson and other people on Newsmax recently. Your agenda include anything in that environment? I certainly hope so. I love to get the word out and I'm happy to contribute to networks whenever they will have me. And we'll see how it goes in the next few months, because I know it's going to get super interesting as the Republican primary heats up. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's it seems to be a new thirst out there for legitimate, factual, unbiased reporting. And uh, I, I think I've watched that on your website and you you have really posted stuff that's really quite factual and not fake, as they say. Any final comments you'd like to uh, add to the public before we wrap it up? Well, I just think what we've discussed is so important that anyone can be a citizen reporter. You know, it's not, you don't have to be a journalist. All of these journalists are just activists. So be an activist, say what you want to say and don't let them intimidate you. And I think that's the only way we really fight back against the establishment because it is so large and I know it's so intimidating, but it's so worth it for them to know that they can't actually silence us. Your point is well received. It's not about a free press. It's about free speech. And, and and that's what you're espousing. And I commend you for that. Folks, we've been talking with Corinne Clark. She is the founder of the freepressfail.com. And I'm going to have a link of Corinne's um, website as one of my partners on my shop, my website, www.genevalentino.com. Uh, Corinne's episode here will be featured on Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. Please share it with others as well. We're pitching. Corinne, I invite you back sometime in the future after the first of the year when things pick up with the politics and the campaigns. And we, you mentioned Carrie Lake. I'd like to talk more about Carrie. She's done a great job out there, but has kind of gone up against a, a deluge of, of some resistance. But she deserves she deserves the limelight. She's done very well. And I, I would like to do that with you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having Corinne Clark with us today. She's been one of our other great guests on Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Look forward to seeing you follow us on another great episode. Take care now. Thanks, Gene. Love what you're doing. Thank you, Corinne. Thanks for joining us for Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, and God bless America.